From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, um... What a show. All I can say is what a show we've got coming up for you today. It might end up as a musical. Might end up as a musical. We don't know yet. We're going to see uh, how inspired we feel as the show goes on. But anyway, this is uh, TNT, Today's News Talk. This is Open Line. It's Tuesday, the 27th of February. 2024, another action-packed show. Gemma Cooper, fingers and toes crossed, will be joining us very shortly. Also, uh, Justina Kowalska. Uh, who runs the uh, React CAS campaign in Bristol, not Birmingham, Bristol, will be joining us too. And of course, the wonderful Ben from Chasing Descent is also hopping on to talk about a movie that has been reclassified uh, because of its content. And we're not talking Driller Killer here, and we're not talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, we're talking about something much more evil and wicked. Yes, and if yeah. you want to know what we're talking about, you've got to stay tuned until around about 20, no, half past. Ben will be hopping on, yes. Natalie, I saw a meme yesterday. I'm not really big one for memes, but it's funny. It made me laugh. It's a man who's talking to another man, and he says, I have to go to work every day. And the other guy says, well, I don't. <laughs> and the first guy says, fair enough but you don't have any money. And the other guy looks at him and goes, well, neither do you. So really, a lot of people are in the position, if you work, you're broke. And if you don't work, you're broke as well. So uh, people tend to be caught between a rock and a hard place. Uh, it brought a right smile to my face, not because it's funny, but because it's the reality of where we're at at the yeah. minute, isn't it? Yeah, and I had a conversation with my kids this week, actually. But my eldest was saying, what's the difference between working class, middle class and upper class? And I said, inheritance basically yeah. uh, that, that, that's it that, that, that's what that's what puts you in, in either of those brackets if you don't get any inheritance you end up at the bottom and if you get lots of it and then you get born into wealth then you end up at the top mm. but but you know there, there, there are bits in between but that's basically my very quick yeah. definition so many people working their asses off and tends to be, uh, and not everybody, of course, I'm not saying everybody's broke that works, of course. Some people are sensible, don't live a lavish lifestyle, put a few quid away for a rainy day. But I've found in my experience in the past dealing with wealthy people, the more they have, the more they spend. So the houses tend to be bigger, the cars tend to be more expensive, the schools kids attend tend to be prep schools or 10 grand a year, uh, you know, boarding schools, things like that. The holidays tend to be more exotic and more frequent. So even though they're earning big wonga they're spending it hand over fist as well um so it's a bizarre thing to see uh, it's a bizarre thing to see the the richer you are sometimes the more broke you can become but uh be sensible out there people with your budgets uh, a lot coming up uh Gemma has joined us actually i've got a great story to cover from her too and there's one that i wanted to uh punt out uh to you guys as well uh this morning concerning scotland's education secretary jenny gilruth Jenny Gilruth, who was criticized for failing to read Aberdeen School's Valence Report, even though it was highlighting the dire state of affairs in Scottish schools. So we'll take a brief pause and we'll dive into that on the other side here on TNT Today's News Talk. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, uh, this is just uh, an overview one, guys. I'm not going into the details in this one, but 
biggest uh, teaching union in Scotland has criticised the country's education secretary for failing to even read its damning report on violence in Aberdeen schools. You know, this woman actually admitted, no, I haven't read it. Uh, I haven't read it. No, it's for the council to decide she should have done the politician thing and lied through her teeth, but she didn't. Just a quick overview, the, high, the state of schools in the Education Institute of Scotland last week, a third of the 800 teachers just in Aberdeen surveyed said they had been physically assaulted. So 800 teachers, a third, that's about what, 275 teachers out of 800 have said they were assaulted just in Aberdeen. Is this a Scotland thing, guys? Is it because the Scots are known to be a little bit, uh, you know, you know, a bit belligerent sometimes, as we as we know? Uh, or is it because uh, this is just a society-wide thing? Or is this a Scotland thing? Gemma, Natalie, what do you think? Maybe a bit of both. No, I'm not being horrible to the Scots. Um, it does say they're blaming the COVID pandemic, apparently, because of the pressure, just because, uh, mm. you know, blame COVID for everything. Uh, but it said the local authority said the vast majority of its children do continue to behave well. It's only a small minority. And uh, just to add to it, uh, good old First Minister uh, Humza Yousaf had not read the report either. Uh, so no one reading the report. Nobody cares about the teachers being beaten up. Uh, they're going to continue to be uh, beaten up, it looks like, I would say, Gemma. Gemma, did Where's you ever deck a teacher back at school? Did you ever slap a teacher <laughs> back in the day? Oh, absolutely not. But, and I'll say this on the record, knowing how many of my <laughs> former teachers, many of who are now dead, were actually paedophiles, I wish I had. Oh. Wish I had slapped hell's a few bells. of them because, yeah, a hell's bells. Exactly. I went to school in the 70s and 80s. And I'm telling you now, a lot of my teachers who are no longer with us. So I, you can't libel mm. the dead. They were wrong uns. They were wrong uns. And I wish I, I had given them there a dry slap. I believe Not there were a few of mine that were. But I did throw a rounders back at my PE teacher. I was going to say she got the wrong decision. So I did get suspended for that one. Holy they, oh, it, was, it was in anger. So, but I didn't hit them physically with my own hands. So, I'm, you know, I don't know whether well, that one was. I went to school, uh, this was back in the day when teachers were allowed to beat children with sticks and board rulers and things like that, physically assault them, mentally assault them, and in, in many cases as well, as you've pointed out, Gemma, sexually abused them as well, tended to be, uh, they got off with murder in these schools back in the 70s, back in the 80s, before the law changed. I never hit anybody while I was in school, I was hit many a time in school, but many a time I fantasized about bumping into some of my old primary school teachers when I was a grown-ass man. I fantasized about bumping into them somewhere with no uh, cameras around. And of course, I would have talked to them about the weather and things like that. I wouldn't have done anything illegal. But yeah, some nasty, vicious pieces of work out there. But it seems to be there's nasty, vicious kids out there too. Back in a teacher back in my day, if I hit one of my teachers, one of the vicious, they would have probably beaten me to death in school Rick, I, and my parents I, would have been at the funeral and said well he deserved it he was probably misbehaving the, the, the parents tended to decide with the teachers didn't they? I, I went to a really rough school we I remember being in a classroom where a, t a chair got thrown at the teacher's head so yeah um I, I was a part of that type of school so yeah. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't seem that unusual to me it, a lot, yeah, exactly. it really does yeah. it wasn't me I didn't throw the chair I didn't throw the chair that's all I'm gonna say yeah, okay honest honest it wasn't me it was it was my friend over there it was my friend anyway enough about uh being assaulted and assaulting teachers terrible state of play and you know what uh, who, why even bother make the effort to do these reports when nobody's reading them even the the PM who Yusuf Humza has admitted he didn't read it either and I'm gonna I'm gonna admit I have no interest in reading it either. I just want the strap line. I want the headline. I don't want to read the 800-page report. So bottom line is it can be 
Hurry up in Aberdeen. So if you're a teacher up there, probably best invest in a crash helmet. Uh, Gemma, uh, we've got another story here. Shenanigans and skullduggery, of course, going on in uh, British Airways, I believe. Surely not. Surely not BA, the bastion of all things British. Uh, couldn't be anything going on there. Could there? Really? Well, this is a this is an extraordinary story, and I wonder if it's the tip of a very large iceberg, actually, uh, because a BA supervisor is currently on the run in uh, India, authorities believe, and the UK police and the Indian police say they're working together to try and catch this guy who's a, who's accused of organising a huge immigration scam from his Terminal 5 check-in desk at Heathrow Airport, uh, which has netted him a cool £3 million over the last mm. few years. He's 24 mm. years old, he's on the run, um, and he's said to have charged customers £25,000 a go to abuse a loophole, which even, you know, has he broken any law? We'll get to that in a minute. It's to abuse a loophole, um, which allows these people to fly around the world using BA airlines uh, on fake uh, tourist visas or, or um, ETA uh, tourist visas. Mm. Uh, and then when they get to their def chosen destination, they rip up all the immigration uh, uh, tourist visa details and claim asylum and get let into the country. Um, basically, um, he he vanished, this guy, after being arrested on January the 6th with his BA Ground Services partner. He was arrested, but then for some reason the authorities bailed him, possibly because they weren't sure that he'd committed a crime. He's just abused a procedural loophole and he vanished. He went on the run straight away. He's currently believed to be in India where he owns several houses, apparently. Um, and the Canadian authorities first raised the alarm on this because um, BA flights were flying into Toronto into Vancouver as well, uh, and arrivals were lots of arrivals were immediately declaring asylum. When they looked into it, they realised they'd all been checked in by the same BA member of staff, this guy who'd who'd said that they all had the right documentation and ETA, an electronic travel organisation, to enter the country, um, and and it was a loophole because border officials are now longer no longer check immigration and asylum. It's all left down to airline staff. So he just basically said, yeah, you've got the right documentation. You can go in. It was all prearranged. They were paying him £25,000. And once they were in, that was it. Um, it was a loophole, not necessarily a law. Now, it's a bit of red faces on this one because uh, unsurprisingly, BA is saying, well, we've terminated this guy's contract. Well, yes, obviously. But the Home Office, the Metropolitan Police and Border Force have all been approached for comment on this story. And they're all today saying we're not commenting at all because mm. is this a law break or is this a loophole? Um, basically, it's inputting wrong data into the system to get people into countries they had no permission to enter. But you have to kind of ask yourself very quickly. I'll just raise this point. It's a bit like the self-service checkouts that we talked about a lot last year here in the UK. A lot of people, when they're at self-service checkouts, they think to themselves, on a minute, why am I doing the supermarket's job for it? And I'm not getting paid. You've got this BA member of staff being asked to authorize immigration and visas, thinking, well, hang on a minute, this is borders control's job. This is immigration's job. Well, I'm a BA person. Why am I doing it? And I'm not getting paid. This guy's 24 years old, allegedly, and it is allegations. He's been doing this since he was 19. He's made three million pounds. He's now in India. I doubt he'll ever be caught because once you're in India, if you've got three million pounds, you can Basically, you can tell the police to do whatever they want. It is that kind of country. You know, there's a lot of backsheesh and bribery. I've been there many times. But I kind of got some quiet sympathy for this guy. You know, they gave him a very high level position of responsibility. And he's thinking, well, hang on a minute. This isn't actually technically my job. And either way, he's on the run. They're looking for him. Will they find him? Let's see.
Natalie. You said sympathy, uh, Gemma. I think I've got a little bit of respect for him. I know that's controversial, but fair play to the man. Three million pounds. The government are letting them in every day. They're not. They're not getting any money for it. They're doing it for free, mm. letting them on in or on the dinghy. Or oh yeah, they? well, are they? Think about yeah. it. Think about this little guy I... and he threw Terminal Five, pocketing three million quid since he was nineteen, and then ask yourself if that's what the little guy and he threw Terminal Five's making. Imagine what everybody else Imagine. is doing. On I'm not going to lie. This this put uh, images in my head. Of course, I'm just thinking about this one. You know, when uh, the dinghies land at uh, at Dover and these guys come piling up the beach, and you see the cops standing around with their arms folded. You're wondering is a few quid slipped into the high vis yeah, jacket, saying, exactly. "All right, mate, just let me on up the beach." Or they get into the bus, all of them, and they have a whip round and said, "Listen, we're supposed to be going to some dingy hostel somewhere. How about you take us down to the Savoy in London, mate, and bung them a few." quid we don't know but it's an interesting one Gemma because it made me think then obviously you know when you think people trafficking you think about some shady guy in France who's taking money off migrants to get them across the English Channel and that's the end of it no 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 this is multi-layered and multifaceted, and there's a lot of people making a lot of money at this at every stage I would say and this is just another example of it there was a recent video, did you see it guys, On that was going around X and uh, Facebook of um, a bunch of what it looked like illegal immigrants just walking through uh, with like kind of carrier like bin bags on their back. And uh, they're saying, people were saying, hold on a minute, how have this bunch of 20 young men suddenly got through immigration? Maybe it was this bloke. Maybe it was this guy earning 25,000 or another one or another one. If if he's done it, how many other people were doing it? And how many people turned a blind eye, Gemma? Maybe this was all part of the plan. I completely agree. And their sources that are talking about this story have said, you know, nobody knows the extent, the full extent of this problem. Is it one loan operator at Terminal 5? How did he learn about the loophole? Who kind of told him how to do it? Who showed him how to exploit the computer system? He's only 19. He's not long out of school or college when he starts at this job. And, you know, did he start doing it at 19 or was he watching and being shown the ropes when he was 17 or 18? Those facts haven't come to light. Um, But I I I thought exactly the same. I thought, you're telling me he's the only one at Heathrow Airport that's cottoned onto a loophole? And it is a loophole, which is why I think he was bailed. Because I was thinking to myself, how could they let this guy out on bail well if there's no real evidence of a crime it doesn't serve anyone's interest to put somebody on remand when the prisons are already full uh, and people are being encouraged not to put people in the prison system in the uk because there's no room for them so if they were thinking well it might only be a loophole a technicality there might not be anything here crown prosecution service haven't gathered evidence yet well he's gone he's gone now and i i really do suspect this is the last we've seen of him and he's you know if you're living in india and you've got 3 million you you've made your money you've got property you can then he's obviously ingenious you can then go and do something else but i like you natalie i feel a grudging amount of respect because you know this is happening on such a wide scale globally you're kind of thinking well he's shown a bit of entrepreneurial spirit yeah, entrepreneurship and, um, yeah, we yeah. advocate Good for TNT a lot. We advocate for yeah. entrepreneurship, but of course, uh, keep on the right side of the law, folks, when you're <laughs> doing it. But uh, yeah, whoever he is, maybe he's listening in this morning. If you are listening in this morning, because we know there's billions of people well done, literally tuning into TNT from all over the world, get on the phone, open line towards the end. Uh, the lines will be open. Yeah. Give us a shout and let us know. 
Anna, and we won't uh, we won't dox you. We won't tell people where you're calling well, from. But please uh, give us a call because he is probably listening. Most of India probably are listening to us uh, right now because you know our audience is global. That's how we roll here. But Gemma, thank you so very much for bringing us that story. We'll talk again in the next hour, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back the other side, we've got Justina. Kowalski uh, joining us from Bristol uh, to talk about uh, the run React has campaign in Bristol. So don't go away. Uh, stay tuned for more here on TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. So you see what's happening here. The White House is doing heavy spring cleaning, deep clean to expunge, to erase, to discredit. Believe it or not, even though this stuff has already been out, they're still trying to move to discredit uh, any talk or any evidence or anything related to the Hunter Biden laptop story and also any Biden corruption in Ukraine. So their hand is being forced uh, and they're not going to take this lying down. The White House certainly is not going to uh, capitulate to any of these allegations or charges. Um, the Republicans have been pushing forward, as everybody knows, with this House investigation, been getting very interesting traction. So now the deep state is moving into action to discredit any witnesses uh, and to write it all off as Russian disinformation. Sound familiar? Have we been here before? Of course we have. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. conversation continues. I don't believe it, and I think that's a terrible position that I am in, that I don't trust my government. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to Open Line. Don't forget you can call in at the end of the show and get in our online chat as well. And now welcome to the show, Justine. Justina Kowalski, uh, she uh, is from React Kaz Campaign Facebook, uh, and uh, she runs that and she says no to clean air charges. Uh, so uh, this is in Bristol. And uh, we talked a lot about ULES uh, here on the show in London, not so much about uh, Bristol. There's a recent article in the Epoch Times claiming that Bristol's clean air zone is a serious tax on the poor. Would you agree, Justina? Yes, totally. This is what um, our group members are saying um, pretty much all the time. And it's not only opinion um, of people who live in Bristol. It's uh, opinion of people who are, you know, visiting Bristol as well. Um, I joined, you know, the campaigners um, pretty much over two years ago uh, when I was invited to join uh, Rethink uh, GM group from Greater Manchester uh, by one of my friends. So I started to do my own research uh, how the clear air zones are working or not working uh, in other areas. Most of the people know about London, but these zones are active, for example, in Birmingham as well. Um, so um, I support admin for Birmingham group as well. I've um, contacted uh, people from uh, Bradford and Sheffield. So it's, you know, to be honest with you, it's the same problem everywhere. Uh, yes. People feel that they being taxed on top of the taxes we are already paying. Um, and my question is, 
for what we are paying exactly when we are talking about clear air zone charges or ULIS charges. When, for example, Meyer of London um, decided to uh, go for a walk, go for a walk uh, with his dog, and he used three cars uh, for less than four miles return journey. So, you know, we are talking about uh, congestion in London and he's using free cars to go there. Um, Meyer Bristol, um, talking about, uh, you know, um, air pollution, um, went to Canada on a plane for less than 15 minutes talk. Yes, you know, exactly. Yeah, There's so a big difference, isn't there, between those those at the top and, and, and what they're pushing on yes, us. Of and of course, those yes. that haven't got compliant cars tend to be those who are poorer. As you've said, uh, we do talk about London. It is in Bradford, Bristol, um, Bath. Um, I'm in Reading myself. It hasn't been introduced there, but I think the aim is to do so. What's your experience in Bristol? Do you have a compliant car yourself? Do you struggle to get around the city? Well, I don't live in Bristol anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah. I started yeah. to run this campaign for Bristol because um, I'm originally from Poland and uh, Bristol was the first city when I felt like home and every single time I'm going there, it feels like going back home. I've got uh, loads of friends uh, who live there. Um, and when I did my research, I find out there was a Kaz bath group but there was no group, um, no campaign for Bristol. So I was actually, you know, a bit worried. I didn't have any experience uh, in running any Facebook groups or any campaigns. And I'm like, what should I do? But this is thanks to my friends from Greater Manchester area. They've been like, yes, someone needs to do it. Um, so my car is uh, is Cars and Euless compliant. It's a 2007 petrol 1.8 uh, Mercedes C-Class. <laughs> so previously, um, when I started this campaign, I was actually driving a non-compliant Freelander uh, Series One. Um, so um, people are, were saying, "Oh, you're doing this because of your car." Um, no, I'm not doing this because of my car. Um, I even don't go to Bristol so often um, anymore. I'm just like, you know, people's person who is a big empath as well. So I can, I can you know, uh, understand people's emotions and people's struggles as well. I work as a support worker. Uh, so I was getting, you know, uh, people's voices who, people's from, uh, from, you know, various backgrounds as well, people with disabilities, uh, for them, their vehicles mean independence. They, they mean freedom to them as well. So um, it's very important to realize that cars are not luxury goods anymore. They're essentials for many of us. Yeah, absolutely. They ha they are trying to say that they're luxury goods only only for us poor people though, and we do need people standing up, don't we, Rick? Like like Justine ha Justina has, because mm -hmm. if we don't, it, that the intention isn't it, Rick, to spread to the whole country. There will be clean yep. air zones in every single place. 
Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, Justine, I can remember a few years ago covering uh, all these uh, zones that were springing up across the UK with a chap called Roger Tattersall. Glasgow also has a, a had a pilot scheme. Oxford, you've got Birmingham, you've got Bradford, now London with the ULES zones. And I think the thing is to bear in mind too, uh, Justine, is even though you might or I might have a ULES compliant car today, they're going to keep uh, tightening the screws in this one, I think, eventually. So slowly, slowly, even though it's a, it's a 2007 uh, Merc, uh, that's what, 17 uh, years old, it may not be compliant next year, then you might have to change your car periodically and eventually uh, you maybe have no car at all so yes very much uh, Natalie it's not a a luxury good anymore it's uh, an essential for many many people to get around is uh, is the motor car yeah absolutely um and uh, it also uh, there was an article in the daily mail uh, this week saying uh, they're giving out more 20 mile an hour speed uh, tickets than ever before and putting in traffic calming measures there's an argument uh, Justina that actually they're causing more pollution. If you want to get cars to drive slower and you want to get traffic calming measures, aren't they actually causing more pollution in the city that they're claiming that's a, that as a clean air zone? There's some hypocrisy there, isn't there? I absolutely agree with that. On top of that, there is another issue, which, uh, you know, the schemes called uh, um, LTNs. Mm -hmm. They're spreading absolutely everywhere. Um, in Bristol, there is the same problem, and there is a, uh, you know, uh, massive uh, opposition uh, fighting against LTNs. Um, some people are saying, "Oh, it's a good thing," but it's like pushing the congestion and pushing the traffic in other areas. And believe me or not, but uh, people in Bristol are saying more often that clear air zone uh, caused that problem in Bristol. That there are more cars in um, in the areas where they didn't have that traffic before. So yeah. you know, if we are talking about if we are talking about improving uh, air pollution, uh, imp improving air quality, and tackling air pollution, um, you know, put, putting more fines, more charges, uh, threatening people with bailiffs, it's it's not the solution. Um, yeah. I said that so many many times that. Um, you know, no money in the world can buy a clean air. Um, it's about changing people's habits. But if, you know, if we're uh, reading in the newspaper about London of Mayor or, you know, London of, on, of Bristol going on their private planes or, or you know, uh, using three cars to walk the dog and go for a walk with wife, it's, you know, it's just ridiculous. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, celebrities saying that, oh, we are fighting for, uh, for tackling air pollution. And then what do we see? Mm, they are, you know, flying in their private jets more often than I went, I went uh, on a holiday on a plane in my life. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, is it, yeah, their answer is uh, to get rid of pollution, we just need to charge people more. Don't worry about the actual pollution, uh, but I agree with you. I think uh, we should just ban private jets. If uh, that, if we really want to start on pollution, 
that should be where we go. So maybe a petition on T- TNT, ban private jets and don't worry about uh, any clear clean air zones. Uh, but we've uh, come to the end of uh, our time here. So make sure you check out uh, the Facebook group. Uh, that is uh, the React CAS campaign uh, for Bristol there. Thanks ever so much for joining us, Justina. And uh, we've got Ben to come next after the news headlines at today's News Talk. Here's what's making news. news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. US President Joe Biden has told reporters that he is hopeful a ceasefire in Gaza will be reached by the end of the week. My hope is by next Monday we'll have a ceasefire. Riot police have clashed with angry farmers in Belgium as they surrounded the European Union headquarters in Brussels. And the Supreme Court in the Australian state of Queensland has ruled the government's COVID vaccine mandates put in place for police and ambulance workers were unlawful. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, someday, someday we're going to release the TNT ITX DVD for Christmas and it's going to make us millions and million, billions of pounds in revenue. But anyway, uh, we have on the line the very one and only Ben from Chasing Descent. Every time I see this guy, his appearance changes, his background changes, everything changes, and even the topics of conversation change. Ben, how are you doing this fine Tuesday morning in February? Oh, very well, Rick. I'm just trying to keep you on your toes, really. That's that's <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job of it, mate, yeah. let me tell you this. And uh, you, have, uh, you have the Chasing Descent uh, podcast, which is fantastic. And hopefully uh, Natalie and I are actually going to be on that next week. And I'm really looking forward to it, getting on air with you guys on your home turf. But you also do uh, film reviews. You also have uh, YouTube yeah. channels where people can go and support you to do film reviews. So this ties in a little bit with what we're going to talk about this morning. Now, I was trying to uh, get people to brace themselves for this particular story. I said there's a a movie that's so horrific and so disgusting that it's been reclassified by the British Board of Film Classification. It's not a driller killer. It's not the centipede, a human centipede. It's not even the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ben, I think I'm going to pass it over to you because I I can't even get the words out. Uh, Which movie are they going to reclassify now? (laughs) Well, they're actually doing uh, free. They're reclassifying free movies. However, um, the main one that we want to talk about here is 60 years old, stars Dame Uh Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke, and it's called Mary Poppins. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. I'm not going to lie. I love it, mate. I'm waiting for uh, Rick to sing. You're waiting for him to sing. You could yeah, be waiting so a while. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're reclassifying it from a U to a PG over discriminatory language. And and that language being the term Hottentot, which is used twice in the movie. Uh, what we have to remember is this. 
the movie is 60 years old. It came out in 1964. Uh, it depicts life in Victorian Britain. It doesn't even depict life in the 60s. And these terms were the norm back then. And what we have to remember is just because our standards change right now in 2024 does not mean we should judge our art and even rate our art from 60 years ago by those same standards if you want to go ahead and say some put a little disclaimer on the front of the movie and say some of the terms used within yeah. this movie would have been seen as that's one thing but to 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 simply reclassify it for a term a colonial term which i'm going to guarantee you the vast majority of people have no idea the meaning of anyway is is it's nanny stating is what it is this is the key this has got to be taking the biscuit right because let me tell you this when i first i actually was perusing the news yesterday and i saw this article and i was yeah. coming and hanging about whether or not to cover it and then lo and behold you're on here today and i'm glad to be talking about it Listen, I, apparently there was another article I read, I think the Bay ran on it. They didn't even mention this word hot and tot. And let me tell you this, I have traveled extensively in Africa. I have been with nomadic African groups. I've never heard the expression hot and tot in my 50, almost 51 years on planet Earth. I watched Mary Poppins when I was a little kid. I watched it <laughs> in my 20s and I'm not embarrassed to admit I still enjoy watching that film. I never picked up at any stage what anybody referred to in a derogatory term to somebody from another race. Don't Still to this day, don't even know what a Hottentot is. And the, the people that apparently it refers to is some uh, nomadic tribe in sub-Saharan yeah. Africa. I've never heard of those people either. So I, I really, I mean, are they that hard up for work to do that they're now trawling through old Disney movies like Mary, what next, Bambi? Are they going to go after Bambi well, next or Jaws? Uh, is so Jaws also, a racist shark? <laughs> <laughs> so they're also reclassifying the Disney movie Ratatouille from a U to a PG for mild violence and bad language. Um, and, and then this one will take the biscuit. Have you ever heard of a little movie called Fight Club? Now, this Maybe. movie... Uh, this movie is very good, as as Natalie says, and it actually really is not about fighting. It's more about a cult started by a mentally ill man who then goes on to commit acts of quite horrific terrorism. Uh, that's being reclassified from an 18 to a 15. <laughs> they're going to make it a huge film. They're going to reclassify <laughs> Mary. Mary, but Julie Andrews is going to be deemed to be a, you know, a racist. So she has to be PG, but Brad Pitt is going to be de de downgraded from an 18 to you. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> to see that happening in this inverted world in which we live in. That it's it's mental. It, I, I just feel like they're trying to rewrite history. You know, we I know we refer to 1984 a lot, but um, it wouldn't surprise me soon. Like you said, if they even just remove those sections rather than changing them, you know, like like take yeah. the word hot and tot out rather than rather than do that. But that isn't the way it should be. Like you said, no. if you want to put a little sign on it and say there are some words that aren't respectful now, what are they going to do? All about, you know, things like 8 Mile with Eminem. Are they going to start yeah. removing films like that because they use the N-word? You know, I, it, 
because that was used in that time in history in those times in America. What what are we going to do? Just is every film in the future going to be like robots because we can't use any language that might offend one person or another? And well, I mean, all of the movie studios, all of the movie yeah. studios are starting to lean into AI, aren't they? They're really starting to lean into AI to help write their movies because let's face it, they're getting lazy. But I think that this is more of a case of um, nanny stating, as I said before, because the British Board of Film Classification really do have absolutely no case to be going back over 60, even 20 year old movies and deciding whether or not we should reclassify them by the standards of today. However, if you did want to reclassify Mary Poppins, then there is a there is a reason. I'll give you a reason. Dick Van Dyke's attempt at a British accent, people. That's that's why you reclassify Mary Poppins because that's an insult to the British people, right there. Hang on a minute, yeah. guys. We're missing we're missing the elephant in the room right here. We're missing the elephant in the room. <laughs> Never mind what's said in the film. When the credits roll up at the end and it says Bert is played by Dick Van Dyke. What next is that going to be? Is his name going to be blurred out on the screen? Are they going to change his name as well? Are they going to blank him out? Have they missed that one? And if anything, it should be reclassified based on his name, not the content of the script. Can I just quickly say as well, I watched Grease remastered at the weekend as well, which is another absolute brilliant classic musical. And I couldn't believe re-watching it would never be allowed to be there. They were There was upskirting in there at the and the first one of the first scenes the guy's looking up um uh, uh like a female skirt um there's a whole scene where the uh the uh presenter is literally talking to the 16 year old and like uh but, yeah. but basically grooming her but like in yeah. front, i was thinking it can't be long before they're going to take grease off as well all i watch all i'm going to say is watch the old classic oh. movies now before they remove them all due to offense because that's what's due to happen i think I, I completely yeah. agree with you. I, I think that art, well, once again, art should not be censored. And referring to 1984, whilst maybe overused, I think is absolutely the correct thing to do. Um, it's supposed to be fiction. It's not supposed to be a guidebook. And yet here we have people doing this over and over and over again. It's like sanitizing books, sanitizing movies. Um, just say okay this was a different time people had different sen sensibilities and different ways of looking at people in the world you don't have to go on and put in control measures because that's what these classifications are really they are control measures put in control measures because people are too sensitive to be able to handle something from a different era i think human beings especially adults actually aren't too sensitive maybe becoming too sensitive because let's face it the university system is creating this type of person but um yeah it's it should be that people can make their own decisions you don't have to start reclassifying and putting control measures on a film that is 60 bloody years old excuse my language no I, I, and here's the other thing too guys let's take one positive from this usually when something is censored or something is banned, it is the best 
publicity that that movie could get. Yeah. And I'm hoping for a massive resurgence uh, in DVD sales of Mary Poppins <laughs> yeah. as curious. Yeah. Uh, you Cinema uh, re-release, 60th anniversary. 60th get it done. It's uncut, on my list to uncensored, uncut and uncensored. Uh, Julian Andrews <laughs> and old Dick Van Dyke and all the, uh, you know, the Poppins family. But that's the thing. I remember, you remember, Ben, back in the uh, 80s and 90s, there was the whole hullabaloo over uh, Judas Priest and Ozzy Osbourne singing oh, yeah. songs and listen to kids. What did that do, if nothing but massively raise their profile and get kids to go out and buy the album sleeves? And I don't know if you can remember a band called Jane's Addiction uh, out of uh, Los do. Angeles in California. Well, they had two very controversial album sleeves, one of which was like a paper mache statue of, uh, you know, a, a, a lewd act being committed between some adults. Right. But they deemed it to be too too hardcore, so they wrapped it in a paper bag thinking it would deter kids from buying it. But of course, all they yeah. did was they wanted it even more. It's like, what's behind the paper bag? What What is this filth? Uh, I need to see it for myself. Right. So maybe, maybe uh, there'd be a resurgence, not in this movie. I don't know. I, and I hope I there think, is. Cause I think I, before, because we keep, I know I keep going on, but Morgan Freeman says in order to get rid of racism, you've got to stop talking about it. So all they've mm. done by by reclassifying this and showing the word hot and tots is we've all gone to look at the word hot and tots and it will probably get mm -hmm. used more than it ever has before. So well, I'm with well, Morgan yeah. Freeman. Stop talking about it. Stop making a thing about it and, and stop judging people. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll actually move forward. But as they keep doing, I just feel like we're moving backwards. You and know what? There's before, just, before, just... Sorry, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. I was going to say, before I, I run away, I will plug the channel I do the reviews on. It's called The Real yes, Review yeah. UK. So right. um, I do movie Brilliant. reviews, travel reviews, theme parks and all that over there. And it's just more about having fun and positivity than the sort of dreary day-to-day -day of the news that we do on Chasing Descent. Brilliant. <laughs> so we need so more of that, Ben. Yeah, we need more of it. Check it out on uh, YouTube and, of course, the Chasing Descent podcast as well. Uh, ben, it's been an absolute pleasure and a blast as always talking to you here this morning. I hope you have an absolutely epic day doing whatever you're doing. Maybe you're going to go out and fly a kite. Boom, boom. If you're a big Mary Poppins fan, you'll understand what I've just said there. If not... Uh, uh, yeah, up to the atmosphere. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost topping some back. Asbo Tuppence. orders. And what, listen, what about what about Jacob Rothschild? Dang, does it not remind you of that old tosspot banker uh, in Mary yeah. Poppins? You know that old tosspot banker. That's yeah. Jacob Rothschild, guys. I'm telling yeah. you now. And the old bag lady who fed the birds for tuppence a bag, she would have been banged with an asbo uh, if she was alive these days. Yeah. But anyway, we could talk about Mary Poppins. Maybe we'll do a special okay. someday, Mary Poppins special. Yeah. Uh, but not for now. Thank you again, Ben. Uh, we've really got to take a break now, and the lines will be yeah. open. Feel free to give us a call and sing us a song if you want here on TNT Today's News Talk. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. There's an old Southern proverb here in the United States that the ones doing the accusing are usually the ones doing the doing. The bard put it a little more eloquently, methinks thou doth protest too much. But pretty much any time you see people smearing Donald Trump, for example, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar that they're the ones that are guilty from everything of which they accuse him. Starting war, being a dictator on day one, all of the lies heaped upon Donald Trump, all the fear-mongering, all the panic they're trying to engender. We're, we have to save democracy. 
how exactly? By destroying democracy? By being totalitarian? By breaching civil rights? No. I'm sticking with Granny on the front porch. Those doing the accusing are usually those doing the doing. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea. For today's News Talk, TNT. I'm CAL FIRE Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez. And normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. You're with Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio TNT. Okay, uh, what a what a show it's been, and we've got 12 whole minutes left. What can you do in 12 minutes? Well, you can do a lot of things. You could boil four eggs. So there you go. There's a challenge for all you people out there. Go boil four eggs back to back, and then you can eat them uh, whenever you're finished. That gets your breakfast and lunch and elevensies all sorted out. What a completely random thing to say, Natalie. Uh, I think we should get back on to uh, news <laughs> stories now. And of course, the lines are open. Yesterday, we were in a state of shock here. We had not one caller, but they were lining up. They were lining up to talk to us yesterday. Will we be shocked again in this hour? I don't know, but either way, uh, we're going to have fun uh, in the short time that we we'll have left here. Uh, maybe uh, we talked about Scotland earlier on. Uh, I think we should talk a little bit about Scotland here too. Council tax, we've been talking about council tax for the last week. 5% raises or 4.999% raises. Birmingham City Council, 20% rise. Use of Humza. Yusuf Humza, shockingly, has said council tax rates are unjustifiable and he wants uh, a vote in Scottish uh, draft budget. He said that he hoped there would still be council tax freezes across the country. Extra funding of $62.7 million for local authorities had been announced, but only for those who freeze council tax bribery. So, I think that's called in everyday life, not is, bribery. It, I, read, I read the article properly, and there's a little bit of PR spin going on there. They've not been given an extra $62.7 million. They've been cut. Every single council has been taken away the $62 million, and they will only get it back if they don't put up council tax. So some, some councils in Scotland have gone, no, I'm going to not take your 62.7 million and I'm going to get that back in more council tax. So they haven't gone and agreed with uh, Hamza. So, they, so they've gone oh. and instead raised uh, the council tax even further. So there's a big conflict of interest right now between the local councils and the government because they're saying, well, you're not helping us. 
you're actually we're going to be less money down don't tell us it's a bonus you're taking away our funding when we need more and of course you know the politicians are using it to try and blame the councils the councillors are trying to use it to blame the government but who are the people that will suffer in the end as usual rick I know. Uh, at one of the councils, Argyle and Butte, Argyle and Butte Councils, Conservative Lib Dem, an independent coalition was the first to defy the government when it actually voted for a 10% rise last week. So the mandatory 4.999% that applies in England and maybe parts of Northern Ireland as well. Uh, Argyle and Butte are going uh, doubly, get doubling down literally in their position. They want yeah. a 10% rise. And, you know, they're coming up with reasons why it's inflation, it's this, that and the other. Let me tell you a story. Yesterday, uh, I'm in the AA, and I actually think they they were a very good organization. Uh, I've got a lot of use out of them over the years. When the car breaks down, no problem paying that. My renewal came in yesterday for my AA membership, 30% increase. So Rick gets on the phone straight away demanding uh, why it's gone up. And because I've been a 19-year-long faithful customer, what can you do for me? What can you do for me to keep me on the books? And they said, well, nothing at all. That's the absolute best we're going to offer you. And I said, well, okay, then explain to me why a new customer coming into the AA gets it for 84 quid a year. You're charging me 110 quid a year. I said, it's inflation. It's inflation. I said, inflation? I said, you're putting my premium up by 25%. I said, uh, what's inflation currently running at? I don't know. I said, do you think it's as high as 25%? No, it's not. Well, then how come it's inflation? Is there more to it than that? I was kind of giving the, the the person a little bit of a hard time on the other end of the phone. And then at the end of it, she said, well, listen, it's up to you. Take, take it or leave it. And I'm not going to lie. I was absolutely miffed. Uh, I can't get it cheaper elsewhere. 19 years sticking their fingers up to me, inflation my ass. You know, if the yeah. government's rate of inflation of 6% is used, which is bunkum anyway, uh, it still shouldn't have went up by what it did. No, inflation. And you could tell she was reading off a little list of bullet points yeah. for problematic customers like me. Well, if it makes you feel better, you've made me feel better about my car insurance because I've got a direct line that comes with Green Flag and I managed to get my car insurance for the same price as last year with Green Flag, which is basically the AA. So I'm quids mm -hmm. in. I'm paying well, yeah. no more for anything. So well, yeah, I, so I can I get it. I can get it free. Apparently, my wife was telling me yesterday she's got loads of Tesco club card voucher yeah. points accumulated over the years so we can get free rac cover so you know what stuff the aa yeah, uh, that's just me personally stuff them uh, i was got i would have kept it with them just out of loyalty and they have been good in the past but you know what there was not an inch they wouldn't give me an inch. they wouldn't even knock a fiver off the premium yeah. uh, even though it went up so stuff them i think these days of loyalty Wait. being loyal to certain organizations to hell with that let's teach them a lesson that no, I think you have to only be loyal to those that are loyal to you. In, in mm -hmm. my case, Direct Line were willing to go down and match my last year's quote. Well, well then I'm absolutely willing to stay with you. But if if the companies aren't, then we have to show uh, show it by walking with our feet. Otherwise, they get away with it, Rick. If every single person in the AA does that, then they'll just raise it next year and they'll raise it next year. Uh, the only way that makes a difference is for people not to keep signing up and showing them that it's not acceptable. Uh, so that's mass not compliance, as I always say is the mm -hmm. only way uh but this story made me laugh yesterday he's mm -hmm. uh not my first favorite person in football but um i you know he's he got accused of being a dinosaur of being sexist 
this is Brendan Rodgers, a former Liverpool manager and former Reading uh, manager. He's now with Celtic. And he was being interviewed uh, by a lady on BBC Scotland, Jane Lewis. And uh, basically, uh, he didn't like the line of questioning. Uh, and he said, uh, no, no, you know exactly what I mean. Are we done? Good girl. Well done. And, uh, you know, it's not the most respectful uh, way to speak no. to somebody. But let me tell you, as somebody who's watched football for a long time, Brendan Rodgers doesn't talk to anyone respectfully. Do I believe this man is sexist? Well, probably. Uh, but do I think he likes anyone? No. Do I think he's probably discriminatory to everyone? Yes. Is he a very arrogant, narcissistic man? Yes. Did he? Was there a documentary I watched once where he actually, this man actually doesn't have any photo of his family in his house. He has life-size portraits of himself throughout his house. I actually tell you this. So uh, the only thing that I would say about him is he has refused to apologise. He's been mm -hmm. asked by uh, Women's Scotland to come out and apologise. He's refusing to do, as most narcissists will refuse to do. So good on him for that. You'll That's get an apology from a narcissist? A, You'll yeah, get an apology from a, a narcissist? No. <laughs> no. So he's not giving an apology like most would. He's like, absolutely not. I've never apologised to anyone in my life. I've never done and I'm not going to do it again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, apparently he's sexist. I don't like the man personally. That's just an opinion. But do I think he was really sexist here or do I just think that he was speaking up for himself? And And, and, and is it really sexist, Rick, just to call someone a good girl? Have you seen have you seen the sketch that Harry Enfield did? There's somebody's been trolling through old Harry Enfield shows where uh, him and his uh, sidekick Paul Whitehouse were uh, two football managers and they were being interviewed by a woman. Yes, now this I'm... was way back in the nineties, and they I... stood there looking at her and uh, she started asking him questions. He goes, Excuse I... me, laugh. Excuse me, laugh. Where's the bloke? Where's the bloke? Yeah. And she says, What do you he mean? Just... Where's the bloke? Where's the bloke? Where's the bloke? Where's the bloke? And Jerry Barton she started... shared it. I remember him sharing it. <laughs> and then it she started to ask them questions, and the both of them just turned their heads to the side. And of course, uh, highly disrespectful uh, and, you know, misogynistic, but it was very tongue in cheek about this laddish, blokish uh, imagery that you get along with food. But stereoty stereotyping, they were trying to make a joke about it. But Rogers, uh, as you've rightly pointed out, uh, I haven't seen the documentary that you're talking about, but I've seen. Uh, some of the excerpts from it. Yeah, interesting character at the best of times. But I suppose, yeah. Natalie, a lesson is learned here also. If you want to get someone to speak out about something and not back down to the woke mob, a narcissist is absolutely going to be your best friend in that instance. Yes. Get yourself a narcissist spokesperson. They will never apologize or back down. They I will cannot, even harder I, at it. I'll be really shocked and I will eat my words. If they manage to get Brendan Rodgers to apologize, right, then we're, we're, I've, the world is doomed because this man, this man, honestly, one day I can only hope, Rick, you know, I, to find a man who will love me as much as Brendan Rodgers loves, loves the reflection in the mirror. That's it. That's my goal, right? So, that, that you know, if I could get that, I will one day be a happy person. So, you know, <gasps> there's no way he's apologising. And, you know, for this one, it's ridiculous. You know, to make little... We're trivialising matters here. There is true misogyny. There are men behind closed doors that absolutely physically and emotionally beat women up, right? 
And we're talking about this being misogynistic, that he, in an interview, went, good girl. I mean, we've really got to stop trivialising issues and really get to the bigger problems here. And that's that's my issue with this. The man's an absolute arsehole. But that doesn't mean that you can call him out for being sexist here. You know, he might be beating up his wife behind closed doors. That would be a massive problem. But this interview, not so much, Rick. No, no. And at the end of the day, you know, people you don't expect when you see people's track records and then they come out with something offensive or obnoxious or rude, don't be surprised because that's just par for the course. And very many times, yeah. Natalie, leopards do not uh, change their spots. Just as we're up this up, a uh, massive shout out uh, uh, to all the people in the live chat at the minute. Uh, I was going to say Natalie Chiel's in there, which is you, by the way. Yes, Natalie. <laughs> yes, so thank you, Natalie. Thank you for being in the live chat. Uh, Lisa's in there as well. Uh, Molly Bites, of course, uh, Red, uh, Jack Guzzler, Cliffy, and Natalie Chile Gain. Uh, do you ever work, Natalie, or are you spending all that? When I'm talking to someone you're doing, you're just zoning out and typing messages in the live chat. Uh, Justin Blokey asks questions. Uh, lots of people in there uh, enjoying the content this morning and, of course, leaving their thoughts, opinions, comments, and it is a big uh, virtual community that we have going on there. And hopefully, uh, someday, some fine day, Maybe we'll have a TNT convention or yeah. Har Wembley Love Stadium. It. I'd get everybody together uh, in the UK and have an absolute rip roaring oh. ball of a time. Wouldn't that be just fantastic? But anyway, we can that. but dream. We can but dream for now. So uh, the music's playing in the background. That means it's time for you, Natalie, to exit stage left. I will be back after the news with uh, yeah, Geza Harjani. Gemma Cooper and the one and only Darren Denslow. Natalie, before you go, do you want to do the infamous uh, exit move, the chill exit move? Your yeah, WWE have, have a lovely move. day out there, everyone. Enjoy. And of course, baby, baby.